We are back with the 2152 Project, and we want to just say thank you so much for, for tuning in. We had to take a month off. Um, we were we were just concerned about those um, with Georgia and the, and the others affected by Hurricane Ian. Um, in fact, uh, Jason, since you're 2,152 miles away from Utah, um, you were one of those. Your state was one that was affected by Hurricane Ian. Um, how's that? How's been the aftermath? Yeah, it, uh, it was. Well, Georgia was lucky. So we were initially in the path. Um, and so a lot of our, uh, a lot of our counties and schools, uh, closed, um, in preparation for that. But, you know, as you know, with weather, um, we got, um, a very little amount of weather, but we did close in preparation. And, um, as you know, Ian kind of came across Florida and then went back up into South Carolina and that area. So, um, they probably deserve a little bit more of, uh, concern and prayers, um, that we do Georgia for the most part was, was spared. Uh, but again, we did, a lot of us did close in preparation for that, especially being in kind of a rural area for us. I mean, anytime you've got high winds and a lot of dirt roads in our school system, uh, people don't realize that watch out cancel school. And as well, because, you know, a 20 mile hour wind hitting the side of a bus on a dirt road, um, and that's, that's a bad yeah. combination. So, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we did cancel. We were spared a lot, um, couple, two days off, um, you know, was, uh, it, you feel kind of bad when you get, when you get two days off and, and the weather's decent and then you've got, you know, neighbors, neighboring States who are just getting pounded, you know, Florida was, was really hurt bad. So, um, doing what we do, a lot of community leadership events that I'm involved in have been involved in helping send things down to Florida. Our school actually is collecting and raising money for some other schools who have been hurt. So, um, don't want to really belabor that point. Um, it's, it's not really about us. It's just about, uh, helping those who, who've been affected. And, um, again, one, just apologize that it, it messed up our schedule for our, our podcast. And for that, we apologize, but, um, we knew that our, our listeners, um, and audience would, would understand that between that and, and other school issues we, we were having to deal with that we could take a break. So thank you all for your patience. Um, but we're back today. And so yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited too. And we're going to be doing something a little bit different for those who are listening. Um, Right now, uh, as you guys may know, that Jason Van Ness is is part of the two one five two, and um, but he's also uh, he's a work based learning coordinator out there in Lowndes County, Georgia. And so today, we want to actually just focus on on I'm going to focus on his uh, district. I asked Jason if it's okay um, if we focused on one of his work based learning projects that he, that he's doing. I feel like this project is something that the nation needs to see. I think it's something that's going to provide a lot of ideas and innovation across the nation. Um, it's something that will benefit the students, their networking, their portfolio, their opportunities. I think this will benefit employers when it comes to their PR, their marketing, um, their talent, their talent assessment, their talent needs um, and retention goals. Um, personally, I believe that this to today's podcast um, will fit in any education system. It will fit any employer based needs. It will fit any chamber of commerce initiatives. Um, I don't think there's, uh, if, if it involves workforce and education, today fits in every single one of your guys' categories that you guys are interested in. Um, so Jason, if you could just introduce real fast what it is that you've been doing since October 1st, um, what it's called, and uh, and then we'll just kind of go from there. <clears throat> sure. Uh, so I start, I'd start a campaign called uh, 31 in 31. Uh, and the premise behind that campaign was to highlight 31 different students working at 31 different employers in 31 days from October 1st to October 31st. 
Um, and it, it's gotten some, you know, some, some good feedback, some good following. It's been a lot of work. I'm not used to posting on LinkedIn that much, but um, it has had a lot of really good conversations. I've had a lot of people reach out to me um, and, and a couple of people have asked kind of what you just asked, why? You know, so again, 31 students with 31 different employers in 31 days, why? Um, and, and I told, we, we've had this conversation before. I feel like we, we talk, and it's hard to distinguish what our private conversations are and what these, mm-hmm. these podcasts are. But that's the reason that the 2152 project exists was because you and I said, we want to take these private conversations we're having that are edifying each other and building up our programs and make those public. So it, it is kind of hard <laughs> to differentiate what's happened privately and what's happened on the 2152 because the purpose of the 2152 is to make those private conversations public. Um, but we had talked about just trying to float the boat in, uh, you know, in the country for it based learning, you know, uh, rising tide, you know, raises all ships kind of thing. And um, the, the, the premise behind going through and, and doing this was to give people a snapshot at one, the, the type, what, what we do. So many people don't know what work-based learning is. They yeah. think it's, oh, I got a free spot in my schedule. And so let me leave campus and I'll find a job. And, and some programs are run like that, unfortunately, but that's not how they're designed to be run. So what it is that we do by highlighting the type of talent that our students have and by highlighting the type of employers and industries that support these. Because you and I know it, it's really difficult to do is when we go out and we're recruiting an employer, it's very difficult to sell our program without seeming like a salesperson, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, do you, do you get that when you, when you uh, talk to employers, do you feel like that? It used to offend me um, yeah. that people say you're a good salesman. I'm like, yeah. I'm not selling anything. I'm just giving yeah. you guys what you want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I understand. But now I, I get it. It's part of the process. Yeah. And, and so I don't mind selling, you know, I, I come from a background, you know, I was in college and sales and, um, but it, what I, what I really noticed was that it, it kind of diluted or cheapened the experience. And so now my lead in, my lead in when I'm face to face with an employer, one of my lead in statements is, Hey, look, whether you employ a hundred of my kids or zero, my salary's the same. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a state employee. I don't get benefits. I don't get kickbacks. I don't get percentage sharing, profit sharing, none of that. Like, so I'm here telling you about this program, my program, because I know the quality of my students. I know the quality of my work and I know your need. And so this, the 31 and 31 was a way of going in and capturing this in like this little time capsule, if you will. So now for the rest of forever, you know, people can go and put the hashtag 31 in 31 and then change the date posts, you know, go sort cert by post or whatever. Um, and then you'll see 31 <laughs> different examples of the type of students we have, the talent we have, the industries that have bought into the vision of working with high school talent and, and just see how dynamic those interactions really are and, and what these yeah. students really can do. So that maybe, maybe a little, you know, longer answer than, than you wanted, but that's what the 3131 was, was built for. Not for me. I mean, obviously I'm archiving and cataloging my students. So, so my, so my program, my students are going to get a lot of the attention, but the purpose is for the, for someone who's not as good at sales as you and I are, or someone who may not feel comfortable doing cold calls like you and I do just walk into an employer's office and say, look what, look what's happening in Georgia. Look what's happening in Utah. Type in 31 and 31 and show Here's someone who's a welder. 
Here's someone who is, you know, pre-med working in a pharmacy. Here's someone who is an automotive student working in an automotive garage. Here's someone who is an, an ag student working in construction. And so it's just helping break the molds of what people think work-based learning is because it's not just putting these kids in fast food, Mike. It's not. Now, that's yeah. a viable part of it because some of our students have jobs because of helping their parents pay bills. And I will take those students because I'm about serving my students. But a lot of my students, the majority of my students are students I'm trying to place in industries that align with their CTE class, or whether it's horticulture or animal science or veterinary science or welding or automotive or business or interactive media, healthcare, doesn't matter. My job is to take those students and what they're studying and place them in the industry that's going to facilitate that in, in, a, in an area of career interest for them. And yeah. so that's what this is about, is breaking that mold and saying, this is not a new way. Unfortunately, it's not a new way, but it's new to a lot of employers because they haven't thought about this. They, they usually look and say, hiring students in high school who, are, who may be under 18, majority of them are under 18. There's a lot of obstacles there, you know, and I even made a video for Georgia, um, our, our CTE resource network. Uh, I made a video for them kind of cataloging what my program was able to do in getting employers to hire students under 18 and, and proving that those obstacles are not really obstacles and showing employers you've really conflated two issues. You've conflated normal practice protocols that you're used to doing in law. And those aren't the same. You can hire students under 18, even in a manufacturing environment. So um, hopefully that's the conversation that the three, that the 31 and 31 is going to, to produce as, as people see what students are actually able to do uh, not just anecdotally but they can actually see the proof this is like like that's another thing is it's not anecdotal like this is actual proof of what these kids are doing and that they've been hired that's cool to me you know that's cool and anyone in the country can use it you know that had to be georgia you can say look this is what they're doing in georgia but we can do this here here's how we do it that answered quite a few of my questions um kind of what it is what brought it about um the why behind it but there is one thing that you haven't touched on yet that I want to okay. hit on. And then sure. after, after you hit on this, um, if you'd be willing to actually provide us an example um, sure. Sure. from what you're doing. Yeah. So uh, if I'm an employer or a recruiting company and I'm using LinkedIn, I look in there and then every single day I'm seeing one of Jason's students pop up and I'm yeah. seeing an, another company that's hiring that student. So I can't have the student in reality. Mm -hmm. Um what am I, how am I supposed to receive this? If I'm an employer and I'm seeing yeah. 30, 31 students in 31 days who are not available for me to hire, yeah. um, what, yeah. what, what am I supposed to do with this information? I mean, for one, can I reach out? Can I pay them an extra dollar or two an hour to come over to me? Um, mm -hmm. Should I reach out to you and, and say, hey, can I, get, can I get one of those? I mean, like as an employer, how am I supposed to respond to this and, um, and utilize yeah. this? So, so there's that. And then, then give me some proof. Yeah. All right. So how, how should you respond? So I want to be uh, careful how I say this, like this project, this campaign was not about shaming employers. You know, I don't, I don't ever want to shame someone because some employers may have a, via, a viable reason for not hiring students in high school. And that's fine. You know that? I mean, I'm not saying you're crazy for not doing this. And you're not saying that. I, I mean, I would never... Uh, want to offend someone the purpose of this how is is just to show people that this is an option you know they may not 
people may not be able to take a meeting with me, especially people not in my in my community, not in my in, in my area, my, my region. Um, but someone in in Alabama, you know, our, our good friend Tony May, who we had dinner with, we've mentioned on, the, on this podcast before, he may be able to pull this up and recruit someone for his court one of his coordinators in Alabama. So it's not about shaming; it's just about showing this is not just a option, but it's a viable option. It's a viable option, and it's a chance to just kind of break the glass. I don't know if if you are a, a, a fan of the show, How I Met Your Mother, but there's this episode where it's just called glass shattering. And it's kind of like, you know, you don't see yourself this way. And it's like, when you said that, when you met me, like, Jason, I didn't know you were six, three. And uh, it's just kind of like, me. oh yeah, I forgot. I am taller <laughs> than most people. Like you just forget, you, you just, you get so caught up in your bubble that you forget sometimes to look at the reality and so the 31 and 31 is about breaking that glass, shattering that glass and just letting employers say, if this can work for you, this is an option and it's working for other people. Now, if they feel shamed in that, 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 I mean, that's not our intent. Our intent's not to shame you, but I will say one pretty productive motivator is when people in my community see someone in their industry who's partnering with me and they realize they're losing a pretty uh, substantial competitive advantage. Yeah. And, for the, and if anyone's listening to this podcast, um, that was one of our first two podcasts was work wrestling as a competitive advantage. And we talk a lot about that, but that, that is a substantial motivator because if you're not employing these high school kids, your competitors may be, and they're the ones developing these talent pipelines, which is going to dry up your resources even more. So we need to look at, at these as an option. And again, it may not work for you, but don't ignore it from the onset. Listen to it. If you're not in my region, call your work-based learning coordinator. Uh, call your state program specialist. In Georgia, ours is the phenomenal Miss Laura Boswell. She is incredible. If you're in Georgia and, and you don't live in my region, call her. Who's the coordinator in my region? Or call me. I'm on that executive board. I can get you the coordinator in your region. Reach out and say, how can you help me? Develop a plan. Develop a proposal. Come meet with me and tell me how you can help fill my gap and, and bridge this, you know, this shortcoming in labor this critical labor shortage and so that's that's what how you can move forward with this we don't want to offend anybody um but if it takes you being offended yeah. that's a good outcome if you pursue this but again our intent is not to offend our intent is to enlighten and to motivate so yeah that's that's the question well let me as you're pulling up your um an example i i want to lead into that and, and why I, I guess i'm gonna go ahead and share uh, my screen while you're doing that mike yeah all right we're good in fact, this was actually the post um, that you just pulled up. Um, so this yeah. is the one I, I kind of got a little frustrated with because um, over the last few weeks, I've had employers and and other and other uh, entities reach out and they're asking for, hey, I need a computer repair person or, hey, um, I want to build a talent pipeline or, hey, how can we make our, our educational systems run together? And yeah. I, I've said to them, I said, well, actually, one of our students is at your education system. You know, they're already they're taking classes from your school, too. And, oh, this yeah. student over here is is already is available for computer repair. And um, and then the employers will all say to them, have you did you see him on LinkedIn? And they're like, yeah, well, we just we just don't know how to use that. Yeah. And, and and it's frustrating for me because we are we are putting all of our talent or at least our 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 
top talent, our ready talent right here. It's in one hub, one place for them to find it. Okay. So we can help them solve their labor needs. We can help them market their programs. We can do it all right here. But Jason, when, when you're working with, um, you know, nine high schools and 600 employers and, you know, in a school district that has over 34,000, um, time is precious. And so if employers don't understand how to really jump in and, and, and find and identify the talent, then yeah. it's taking a lot more time on our end. And the more time mm-hmm. that we spend re reiterating the same thing over and over again, you know, just like the employers, they say our time is money. Our time is precious. Well, in, in our, in our case, it is too. And so what you've done, I feel like is just something that if we can really take, help people see the, the see it, um, yeah. it will, yeah. it will save us time. It will help them save their time. And it becomes a win-win for both parties involved. So 100%. Walk me and, 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 well, and, and so let me also add something to that to a certain extent, I say that we don't want to shame people and, and I'm, I'm, I'm very adamant about that. Um, but guys, I mean, if you're, if you're watching this, I've met people as I've traveled around and helped consult and build programs for other people. I've met some people who are employers in other states and in other cities in Georgia. And I'm like, man, you shouldn't be doing this job. Like <laughs> there's a certain point, and, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I'm, and sometimes maybe because that company has limited resources and someone's wearing multiple hats. But one thing I want to be clear is, there's a certain, I can do almost everything for a company. I can find the talent. I can vet the talent. I can get that kid to your door. Um, but I can't, I, I mean, I can't hold employers' hands. The one thing the employers have to have for, to make this work is they have to have a vision. They've got to have a vision for being creative and they've got to have a vision for solving their problems. And every single employer, Mike, I have worked with, who's had creativity and they've had a vision or not, not even creativity. Cause I, I don't, I'm not like the most creative person, but I can think out of the box. So let me rephrase creativity and say for, for anyone, the employers who I've worked with who could think out of the box and had an, had a vision for what they wanted to do. Every one of those, every one of those companies is just crushing it with our students. Every one of them, every awesome. single one who's had the vision, the ones I struggle with, are the ones who call me because they want that quick band-aid and then they don't support their own program. And then, then the, the talent dries up. Yes. You've got to nurture this pipeline. I can build the pipeline to your front door, but you've got to connect it to your company and you've got to nurture that pipeline, you know, and that's what keeps this, these, these coming back. So um, there, there are some people, whether it's a resource issue or just a poor hire who are in human resources and in talent acquisition. And I'm like, man, this is not the place for you. You, you, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have a vision for how to solve these problems. And again, not a shaming tactic, just that's just kind of how it is. So, but yeah, so let me show you this. This is, this is one that, that, that required a lot of obstacles to go through. This is one, and I'm going to really uh, brag on fellowship home at Brookside in, <clears throat> in Valdosta is uh I mean, everywhere you talk about in the country, everywhere, people are like, have a healthcare shortage, healthcare crisis, not enough workers, not enough workers. But then you talk to people in my role and your role, and it's dadgum, like layers and layers and layers and layers of red tape and obstacles to hire a student in, in, in healthcare. You know, HIP or FERPA on our end, HIPAA on their end. Um, but Fellowship at Home at Brookside has made it work. They've made it work. And they said, we need help. This is, this is, um, 
a really, really uh, unique in, uh, environment. It is, um, it's, it's, it's a privately owned uh, company. They have three different sides of this. Um, they have one side for people who are, you know, retired and maybe can't fully take care of themselves, but are capable. They can drive, they can leave, come and go. There's that side, maybe husband and wife just don't want to keep, 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 take care of a 3000 square foot house. And so they sell that and move in here with them. These really nice homes, uh, meals paid for all that kind of stuff. And this is not a commercial for them because I'm probably going to even misrepresent their services, but there's that side. Then there's the side for the people who may be not as independent as them. And then there's the side for the people who are, you know, dealing with, you know, um, dementia and Alzheimer's and need hundred percent care all day. Uh, so that's kind of what they do. And again, um, again, I don't want to misrepresent their services, but it's a very unique facility, all housed on one property, but three different, uh, buildings. Um, so my student Kaylee, uh, is exceptional. Not only is she an amazingly gifted flag football player, one of, uh, <laughs> my best offensive threats when when we play flag football in our powder puff at the at Lions High School, um, but she's super gifted, super gifted academically, and she wants to be um, right now. It's a nurse practitioner. Uh, she may want to go into other areas of that medical field, but she came to me and she said, "Hey, do you have any contacts in the medical field?" And I was like, "I've got one." Mike Mike Hassler, one okay. one contact in the medical field. And, and that's not, that's not because I'm short of uh, drive or motivation or short of leads. It's because no one else is willing to step up and say, mm. Hey, we'll, we'll remove the obstacles. We'll, we'll work through this, whether it's shift scheduling and in some of our industries, some like, especially with healthcare, they run three shifts. Well, my students are going to have to split a shift because my students can't work from seven to four because they're, they have to take some classes or some dual enrollment classes and they can't work, you know, from, you know, the, the overnight shift either. So a lot of our students have to go in and split a shift. Mm -hmm. Well, some people are like, I can't do that. I'm like, well, then how bad do you really want this? Like yes. if, if you really have the critical labor shortage you're telling me about and then you really need the talent, then you should be able to make it work where a student comes in for the last half of the morning shift and the first half of the evening shift. And they may transition from, a supervisor who leaves with the morning and then, and then, I mean, that, that, that's, that's a pretty simple fix. Well, regardless of what the obstacle is, and I'm not saying that was the obstacle with fellowship on Brookside, but that was an obstacle for a lot of people. And they're not willing to fix that. And yeah. well, then, then I can't, I can't help you. If you're not willing to, to, to handle the small minutia of a partnership, then, then I, then my, my ability to help you is, is extremely limited. So, this young lady is, um, she'll be taking a class shortly where she will, um, where she will become CNA certified. Um, she's currently um, pursuing her patient care technician cert. She's not 18 yet. Um, she will be. Um, and so, and again, I don't want to, you know, give away all of Fellowship Home at Brookside secrets, but they're employing her. She is having exposure to patients and doing things. She's doing it under the care and under the supervision of someone who's licensed and credentialed. Uh, when she either gets her CNA under 18 or turns 18, she can work with them. And then now they have this opportunity to cultivate a relationship with a promising young healthcare worker. And in a community that has this shortage, well, all the other competitors are saying, oh, Jason, we need help, but we can't do that. 
Fellowship Home at Brookside said, we can do it. And guess what they've got? Now they've got a talent pipeline for my program and my CNA program. And again, it's not a shame to anybody else. I'm not bashing anybody else, but they said we have a significant issue and we need help fixing it. And then they said, here are the obstacles. Let's solve them. And we just yeah. thought creatively around it. So that's, that's, that's what that is. And uh, uh, I won't say a, a good friend, but uh, a, a, we are friendly together. We know each other. We speak well. Um, John LaHood owns this. He's also a state representative for Georgia. Um, and he gets my vote every year because not necessarily. Um, and I know we agree politically, but dad gummit because he's a visionary he's a problem solver and yeah. if someone can do that with their own personal business you know what else they can do they can do that in government so shout out to him he, he's you know his family owns and operates this and uh just a great program to work with so that's one example um of what it looks like how to see obstacles maybe try and remove some obstacles uh and do what you can to get access to that talent and if i could point out real fast on this post um it goes hashtag 31 in 31 and so for other school districts and other employers who might who might hear or see this, all you need to do is click on that 31 and 31 and then press yeah. follow. And then when yeah. you follow that um, <clears throat> and you're following those posts, you can always go back there and recruit. So yeah. every time you hit that that hashtag in, inside your feed, you're going to go yeah. find all of Jason's talent right now. Yeah. And so and then you can even sort it for once you click on that, you can sort those posts. So I didn't know this when I started. There was a campaign like 10 months ago. It was a workout campaign called 31 and 31. So you may get some other, if, if anybody else randomly uses the 31 and 31 hashtag, that will be there. But you can also cross-reference those with these hashtags. My students have to use them and I'm using them too. Is LHSWBL, that's my school's hashtag. Locally grown, nationally known, that's also my program hashtag. And then so if you were to cross-reference that with these, you're, you would only get my posts. So yeah. So, so recruiters and others who are looking for talent, um, before you reach out or call Jason, um, these are the small things that would help um, Jason, myself, and others across the nation uh, save a yeah. little bit of time. Um, say, I wonder if Jason has anybody going you know, in this right now. Go click yes. on the hashtag, look at his talent. If mm -hmm. you see something you like, make it happen. If you don't, yep. then, then reach out. Let's, let's, uh, we, we will always do our best to, to meet your needs at yeah. any given time. But we just ask that you, it's just something as, as small as just looking at the current talent pool um, before yeah. that would be a huge help to us. And then something else that you and I both do is we do those closed groups. Yeah. So I make my students do a closed group and they go in there and they, po they make a post to that private group with their skill sets. So, and then once a, once an employer looks at this and says, Oh, I could do some healthcare and I'm willing to make those, you know, remove those obstacles. Then they can reach out to me and I say, look, I'll give you 24 hours access to this closed group. And all I got to do is just type in whatever skill they want in the search box. And it'll pull up the profile of every student in my program who has listed who are, or is typed or listed that as a skill. Um, so that's a great way of making my students advocate for themselves when an employer reaches out to them directly through LinkedIn. Um, so there's, a, we've done, a, you and I've done a lot in LinkedIn and that's a whole another episode for another time. Um, but yeah, hundred percent, look that hashtag and then reach out to me or anybody else who's using that and get access to their closed group. And you begin to search those. It's, 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 it's oh, a repository I for my program every, every semester. And it, it doesn't cost me a dime. Yeah. And I also saw that fellowship home um, also posted this, right? Correct. Yes, they, they did. And that's, that's just a small thing that other companies need to understand that um, 
the reason it's important for a fellowship to do that, um, this is what helps the other students who are joining in. This helps them understand where, where the companies are that are, are identifying, you know, top talent right now. So th this is a great recruiting tool for those companies as well, because now high schools are starting to put their students out there um, yep. to, to help solve labor needs. And yep. this fellowship did it right. I mean, they're actually and one of the first home, companies I've seen that have done this. Yeah. And they're and it, exactly. So huge shout out to them, but they're also located in Lowndes County, but they're right there close to Brooks County, which is a neighboring County of ours. And so uh, someone in Brooks County may see this and say, well, I can put a kid there hundred percent do it. I'm not, I, I'm not trying to dominate the market and put barriers around these people. If I were, I wouldn't be talking about it in a national podcast, you know, yeah. Um, right. I'm not doing this to hog the employers. I'm doing this just to break the glass and show not just industry and students, but also other coordinators. This, this is what you can do when you start trying to knock down those walls. And so I would love, I would champion the, the cause for anybody else to put a student with health fellowship on our book side. Cause it's not about me or anybody else. It's about the kids in the industry. And that's where we get, um, and see a lot of our success. Absolutely. I love it. Um, I I just think I you know to kind of recap this what we've we've gone over we've talked about what the thirty one and thirty one is and it's thirty one students working with thirty one companies across thirty one days. Yeah, it show it's showcasing the talent. It's showcasing a work based learning program. It's also showcasing thirty one employers. Now along the way, and this isn't you, this is just me. There's only one employer that I've seen that has actually turned this and used it for both marketing and also recruitment tool for yeah. other students. And that is yeah. uh, fellowship. 100%. So my, my, my advice is that you, that others, um, other companies and other, uh, you know, programs, you know, consider this. I would love to see another program if they're willing. I mean, who knows? Should we call out uh, Alabama? Who wants to take this on and do a 31 and 31 over there as well? Yeah. Um, that's the concept of this. We're not maybe just... do it in February where it's 28 and 28 and it's not much work for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. they want to do it, but I would love to kind of see this take place because this is what's really going to help employers understand where to find the talent and how to find the talent. Yeah. This is also 100%. what's going to make the students, you know, the students feel like they're a, a small fish in a big pond. They feel like they've got, um, what's that syndrome where you're faking it until you make it syndrome. What's that called? Oh. Um, reality i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no uh anyways they 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 feel like they don't fit in and yeah, yeah. um and it's in reality they do fit in this is their they are the future workforce this is where mm -hmm. they belong it's just we do have there are recruiters out there that companies hire um and those recruiters they hear oh about my gosh thing, but then the recruiters yeah. forget to go back to it like they don't have a system that that collects or catches what mm -hmm. we're giving them and yep. sometimes I just want to then just call the recruiter's boss and be like, why don't you just hire the school district directly? Because, 100%. you know, 100%. it would be more effective than, than paying that recruiter who is just going to forget about this 24 hours later when they have a need. Yeah. Um, and so let's let's make this thing go viral. Let's have other districts do 3131. Let's let's showcase other other programs. Um, yeah. In fact, who knows, Jason, maybe next month we do. Let's let's pick a, a state. Who knows? New Jersey. Do you guys want to be on this? Um, and let's let's showcase. Yeah. Some I've got some contacts up there, you know, needs or, or, uh, or success stories, because I feel like uh, success breeds success. And I feel like there is success out there, yeah. but until we're really showing it on a more consistent basis to, to the industry, um, mm -hmm. they're just industry. not going to know industry and <laughs> they're just not going to know, Oh, I, this is, this is a viable option. They, this yeah. isn't, this isn't something yeah. to be cute. And that's what yeah. I think people need to understand is we're not trying to be cute. 
This mm-hmm. is just like, it's here and you got, and not you guys, but, but there are many recruiters out there that just forget that this option is here on a daily basis mm-hmm. for them. Or they're recruiters who are incentivized to take you down different routes or different conduits to talent because you know, there's really not a way to monetize high school talent. You and I are, we're salary. Again, there's no commission-based structure for us. We're not trying to monetize this. We're trying to advocate to get our students opportunities. That, that is my currency. People say, why do you do this? My currency is enabling students and connecting them to local industry. So, so how can I say that? My currency is student engagement, student opportunity, um, community resources, economic development, workforce development for a local community. That's the currency that you and I do. We we trade in every single day. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to monetize this. I'm not trying to trick or shame anybody. I'm just saying when you hire that recruiter, that recruiter may be incentivized to take you somewhere else where they have a higher commission per head. Yeah. You may not even need to have a higher recruiter. Or hire a recruiter, but then you have someone internally, maybe your director of HR, who just begins to look on LinkedIn and look for those hashtags like these or reach out to their local high school work-based learning or system level coordinator who's in charge of work-based learning and youth apprenticeship and say, how can you help me? Ask for your meeting. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there are a lot of bad work-based learning coordinators who are hiding in the shadows. And when we start asking, that's the way to start filtering those people out and getting people who are dynamic in there so we can build out each state better. Um, So, I mean, there's I mean, when we start promoting this, we're going to get better opportunities for students, better placements in industry, better economic development for our local communities, talent pipelines and a a, a tertiary result is we're going to start flushing out the people who are in your my job who aren't good at what they do and who Mm -hmm. are in this for the student um, placements and are in this for the student experience. They're in this for, you know, the easy job with a little accountability. Yeah. We can start shining a light on those people. And then, in, in then those school districts can start saying, maybe we need to make a change. So there's yeah. a lot of positive outcomes that can come from something like this. I agree. And I just, I, you know, I, I just want to say thank you so much for being willing and to share this. I thank you for thinking about this, Jason. This was a really cool concept that I was excited about. I was excited for a few reasons because I'm really excited for the students, but I also knew that this would expose, um, and I know that that wasn't your intention, Jason, but I said this up front, yeah. and, and, but this, this has exposed um, the, the employer side a little bit. It yeah. showed that, that, that they haven't, they don't understand quite yet fully um, that the, what you've given them, um, and it, it goes back to it's because it's all because it's free to them. This this service it it sometimes yeah. isn't given the you know the credibility that it deserves. But but Jason, I think that you have found companies that have done it right. Um, yeah. This is just a phenomenal phenomenal um, thing that we can learn from and that we can show other employers. We can show them um, how to use this and use your program to recruit uh, more talent in the future. Um, this is never going to fill our high school programs. Are never going to fill all of their needs. But as they as they utilize what the fish in our ponds, they also work with their local universities, their local tech colleges and their local employment agencies and their local chamber of commerce together. um, You know, this this provides a pretty good flow of of Mm -hmm. talent going into their pipelines. And it's a compounding effect. You know, you start now, you hire one kid, two kids to come in and intern or apprentice. Yeah. Well, then you hire one of those kids full time. You're in it, you're able to keep that kid local. Now you've converted one of those students to full time, and then the next year you take one or two more apprentices. 
And if you can, even if you can, if you say you take four and you have a, you know, a conversion rate of 25% every year, you keep one person as a full-time employee in four years, you know, especially for a small, sort for a, a smaller business or something like that, you can scale that however you want to do it, but it's the compounding effect. Um, and you're going to see once you start investing in those high school kids and you start hiring them full time, you're going to see a lot more interest from the high school students. And you're going to see, mm -hmm. most importantly, a lot less breakage. You know, Absolutely. you have a lot more follow through um, and retention. And again, that's one of the hashtags you and I use a lot is talent retention. Not only do these programs give you access to talent, they give you a way to retain that talent. Um, before your competitors even really know who these young county people are, they're onboarded with you and they're full-time employees. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, great, great. Thanks well, for having me, Mike. I, I really appreciate you having me and super excited to, um, to hopefully help anybody else who's wanting to do this, to help them implement this. It's again, it's really simple. It's interested. And yeah, you and I have a, let's have a conversation and let's, let's challenge a state. I'll challenge one in my region. I'm region two for ACTE. Maybe you challenge someone in your region and let's see uh, if they're willing to step up and do it. I love it. Let's make it happen. Hey, thank you so much. And we appreciate everyone yes, who, who stopped in to listen. Thanks. Yeah, have a good day.